I'm showing you this now in case they fix it. Mm. <laughs> uh, it does say in the article you can browse without logging in. You see, I'm not logged in. Oh, I want to look at all the games. Who? <laughs> this document. <laughs> 403. <laughs> Um, that's authentication, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you could have given me something a little nicer than just that. Welcome to GCP Life, episode number 10, a show where we discuss Google Cloud and tech. This show is sponsored by Kazna. I am your host, Stephen Bancroft. And on today's show, Google just got more expensive, Google restructures, Google makes an acquisition, I actually finished a quick lab, and we have some sad, sad news. But before we get to any of that, I want to introduce the co-host that's with me here every week, Ida Bailey. How are you going, Ida? I'm very good. Nice You're very good. Here. Nice and sunny. Yep. Good to hear. Yep. Yep. No rain. The rain's gone away. Uh, yes, no rain. But um, I bought a boat. <laughs> you know what they say about boats? Don't buy a boat unless you can afford two. Well, luckily this boat was $50, so I, I can what? afford What? <laughs> you got to tell us. How's this come about? What's this all about? Uh, just dumping off some rubbish at the local tip shop and someone had a, had a catamaran sitting on the side there and it was just like, is that for sale? And they're like, 50 bucks, it's yours. <laughs> and I was like, okay. It doesn't have a mast. So I've got to right. go find a mast. I, have you got a trailer or something to move this <laughs> I around? I a very small roof rack. I had to pull the boat into pieces. And <laughs> so the boat fits on your roof rack? Parts of the boat. <laughs> Parts of the boat. <laughs> Took a while. It, this is unbelievable. <laughs> so... Is this going to sit in the driveway for like three years, uh, and and or are you actually no. planning to do something it, with it? Only it's only held together with like eight bolts, so right should be pretty. By so the weekend, you, you, by the weekend, it'll be in the water, and I'll get a bit of bamboo and <laughs> and I'll that'll cheat. be that'll be your makeshift mask in <laughs> yeah. the meantime. <laughs> yeah, get the kids on there. Should be good. <laughs> well. I- I wish you luck with that, Ida. I really do. <laughs> Good luck. Um, make sure you've got an EPIRB with you, you know, and some life jackets because, you know, if that thing goes down, you're going to need it. <laughs> yeah, it came with an anchor. It's all right. All oh, right, okay, you're all it's good. About three metres long. <laughs> uh, the, I, I was watching it. Speaking of boats, the, um, a lot of the Russian oligarchs have had their yachts seized and um, Google have stopped uh, accepting new new clients in Russia as well. Mm. Mm, I know the political situation is heating up there, but uh, yeah, Google have jumped on the bandwagon and prevented any sales going into Russia. Yeah, it's a pretty, pretty good move in the yeah. current situation. Yeah, I think yeah. In the current situation, absolutely. Hey, look... Um, I uh, I battled my way through a quick lab. I know I've been pretty critical of quick labs on the show in the past, um, but you know this one, I did it. I did it. It, it. it was it was actually okay. It was actually okay. And one of my um, things that really bugged me about it was the remembering of the playback speed. Um, 
it, you had to reset it back to one point. It, it would reset back to one point every every time, and then you had to put it to like one point five or two. But no, it's that's they seem to fix that, cool. and it stays. I just was watching on one point five, which was the perfect speed for it, and yeah, it was great. I could get through it all. Uh, in this particular course, which was the uh, the GCVE managing and migrating GCVE, um, which is basically VMware on on uh, in Google Cloud. Um, the the lecture lengths were good. They were good length. They were, you know, a good one was like sort of eight minutes to 12 minutes mm. and uh, lots of content in there. So you could just sit back and, and watch it and consume it. Um, so the, yeah, the lecturer had done a good job putting that course together and very detailed and, and a lot of lot of modules in it. So, um, yeah, I was quite, quite pleased with that course, unlike the, the one I'd tried in the past. Cool. Mm. Yeah, it's been a while since I did those. Yeah, and I got myself a badge at the end as well. I think we've talked about sure. badges on the shows before, so I can put that now on my LinkedIn profile, and I got myself the badge there saying, yes, you've, you've done this. So interesting to do that, especially um, with that particular product, and I'm probably going to – I guess I'll probably do a show, deep dive into it a little bit more in, in future shows. Um, in Australia, there's only a handful of people that are that are that know about it or have used it or it's been only really deployed in a few places in the world. In fact, hmm. um, because the other cloud providers, uh, AWS and Azure, have VMware in in cloud as well. They have that product as well, but they don't execute it nearly as well as GCP does. Um, yeah, the fe- the features that you can you can get and the, the advantages of you, of deploying VMware in GCP are yeah, astronomical compared to when you know, you're running on prem on prem data center. Compared to on prem, the overhead and the cost of running on prem, boy oh boy, if you want to run VMware, doing it in cloud is so much better. Um, yeah, I'm all in on it at the moment. There's there's a project, a uh, big project coming up for me. Uh, some of our Kasna guys, but um, yeah, once I'm through that, we, we might deep dive into it a little bit in the show. Mm. Um, now, I was going to save this to the end of the show, but I know what you've been up to, Ida. And uh, for those of you listening, um, the sad news we have is, unfortunately, this is going to be the last episode that we hear Ida on GCP Life, because Ida is moving to a new role. Tell us all about it. Yeah, um, yeah, I came across an interesting role uh, in a New Zealand company called Easy Crypto, um, which I kind of heard of for a while. Um, been around for about four years, um, and they just uh, got a seventeen million dollar Series A round of funding. Uh, I think October, November last year, um, and it's yeah, they're going to build a nice big new global platform on GCP. So I'm going to be helping. Going there as kind of a principal engineer, kind of uh, leading for the platform stuff. Um, should be pretty interesting. Yeah, sounds like a good gig. Yeah, and uh, you you came by this role after a discussion we had on the show. Is that yeah, is that right? yeah? Looking yeah. at temporal as um was probably a four or five episodes ago. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and just oh, I was wondering who else is using that, and um, yeah, temporal popped up. Um, so, yes, um, I don't think they're, like, f- fully using it yet, but, um, yeah, they're really keen on it, and it's a, yeah, I thought as well, having a chance to kind of try that out and run it in production, global scale, would be super interesting, yeah. It would be, yeah, yeah. 
Well, look, best of luck with what you do. Um, I suppose it's going to be good for you working for an NZ company as well. Yeah, again. hours back to kind of slow. Hours back to normal hours, yeah. Here, yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> and is it, what's their situation at the moment? Are they remote? Yeah, 100% remote. So there's people in Brazil, Malaysia, Indonesia, Australia. Um, yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, a few people in Europe too. Yeah, it's good they're doing that. That that really is the way that companies have to move mm. at the moment, at least Ace. I mean, it, yeah. If you you're seeing a traditional office and the expectation to to, to do that, I, I yeah, I mean, I'm seeing about all the, work for them. <laughs> seeing about all the Sydney train jams and everything, public transport, oh, trying boy. to get in the office now. I mean, it is why a would mess you do at the that? moment. Yeah, it is a mess. Yeah, the striking and the and the the washouts from all the rain in Sydney. It's a real, real big mess at the moment. All right, well. Um, Let's get on with the show. Um, I wanted to kick off with some news out of Google. Of course, all our news is out of Google. Google are putting up fees. Uh, customers paying, this is an article from uh, CRN. No, this is all over the place at the moment. Uh, customers paying for Google Cloud Storage, Cloud Load Balancing, and Network Topology should expect to see a price increase or a new line item fee in their cloud bill beginning in October. That's a way off yet. Um, but, uh, yeah, they're putting the prices up. Some prices will go up and some prices will go down. Yeah. So they're for the, uh, the disk archiving for persistent disk backups and stuff, going to archive yeah. into here and stuff. That's kind of good. Cause I know some places is, you know, they, they take a, like a disk backup every, you know, 30 minutes and that, that adds up. That, that really adds up over time. Yeah. 2000 VMs. So. <laughs> Yeah, so the disk archiving will be a little bit cheaper. Interestingly, Google says the changes are also designed to better align with how other leading cloud providers charge for similar products in order for customers to more easily compare services between cloud providers. Yeah, so prices are going up. So if you look at storage, for instance, Google Cloud customers will soon pay $0.09 per gigabyte for regional and $0.024 per gigabyte for multi-regional. Uh, when the price change is going into effect, the standard regional snapshots will cost $0.05 per gigabyte per month, while multi-regional snapshots will cost $0.06 per gigabyte per month, up from its current price of $0.026 per gigabyte. It's a big, kind of a jump over like 120%. Yeah, it's, it's so. like four times, right? Or, yeah, three times. So that's one thing. Now, Google Network Topology is no longer... Have you used this? Uh, I have a little bit. Um, yeah. It's, it's... Yeah, it depends on what your... How complicated your, like, VPCs and things are. It can be pretty useful. But, um, yeah, if you want to kind of see where your bandwidth is... The only stuff I've kind of used it on is, you know, only had a couple of <laughs> megabytes of yeah, like bandwidth yeah. going through it, so... So this will this will develop a build a topology map automatically of your VPC. Is yeah, yeah, but idea? you can go back yeah. in time as well, and you kind of see mm-hmm. what was happening at a particular time. Um, like it gives you like uh, regions that uh, internet regions that your traffic is traveling to. Like how much? Right. Is, yeah, it's, it's quite interesting. Yeah. Okay. So see, network topology is a visualization tool that shows the topology of a VPC hybrid connectivity to and from premises networks, connectivity to Google Managed Services, 
and the associated metrics. Interesting. Okay. So, um, yeah, so consumers will now need to pay 0.0011 cent or dollar, sorry, per resource hour used. Yeah, that's not much. Really. Yeah, I don't know what per resource hour used means. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, define per resource hour used in the context of this tool. Exactly. Um, all right, and then there's cloud load balancing fees. Uh, currently, outbound data processed by Google Cloud load balancers is free. Clients will now be expected to pay between roughly $0.008 and $0.012 per gigabyte. So that potentially could drive up. That could be expensive. That could add a bit to, to, to certain, for certain clients, for certain customers, that could add a bit. Yeah. Depending on, yeah. Um, Google says the new outbound data processing price for Google Cloud is in line with other leading cloud providers. See, I'm just thinking if your data is coming through ingress and then, you know, the, the subsequent outbound traffic through your load balances, whether that's included, that's, yeah, be interesting because basically that's where a lot of your cost is sending data back to your clients. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so that's uh, cloud load balances price going up there a little bit. Google Cloud said it sent out price change news to customers this week in order to give customers six months until the prices officially change. So I, I don't know. It's it's hard. Like the reality of cloud is you don't really know what your costs are going to be until you actually put something on it. Yeah. Um. So a uh, customer's going to be able to say, oh, our bill's going to go up by, you know, X percent off from the 1st of October. And are they going to freak out and start changing things around within that six months period? I doubt it. Be good if they gave you a, like an overview in your billing or something, which said, this is what you pay now. This is what you'll be paying in October. Give you a little like, heads up. That'd be nice. Yeah. yeah like a little, they have a little... Well, it could just happen automatically in their billing, couldn't it? And so yeah. this is what your estimate will be from the 1st of October. Yeah. And the thing that you've architected around this really, you know, free traffic is now going to cost you $3 million. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worry with the outbound traffic, yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. we, we shall see. I've got a couple of projects going that do use load balances, so I'll let you know what my billing's like. Um, yeah, let's hope it's not too much. Uh, another Google piece of news here, a bit of a restructure going on inside Google, and they're going to cut some Aussie jobs in the in their Sydney um, headquarters. Um, according, so I've got a couple of articles on this one. This one's on ARN, uh, ARN Net. Uh, according to Business Insider, the world's third largest public cloud provider plans to move the support unit across Google Cloud, its data analytics subsidiary Looker, Productivity Applications Suite Workspace, formerly known as G Suite, and mergers and acquisitions. Uh, the report said affected staff have 60 days to find new positions in Google, and those unable to do so may be eligible for severance packages. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how many actually find another position in Google, but um, yeah, it's not so great for Australia. No, um, but it's not in Australia that um, public cloud giant will slash technical engineer roles across Australia, United States, and Switzerland, although numbers have not yet been specified. 
Yeah, I think I did see something with the numbers, and it actually looked like it was like something like six hundred thousand. Sorry, no, six hundred. Um, <laughs> and yeah, six hundred. Okay, six hundred jobs. Six hundred. Yeah, six hundred jobs. But that's out of like the thirty-five thousand or something. So it's kind right. of like not a very big percentage. <laughs> and yeah. if those can also, you know, find other jobs in Google within six months, maybe it's not a, it's not a, it's not like twenty percent, you know. So, no, that's that's right. So yeah, I guess they would have some internal retraining and upskilling and uh, you know replacement program. To reposition those stuff into available it doesn't, jobs. It doesn't look like it. Looks like you've got sixty days to try and apply for another job within Google. Oh, you've got. <laughs> I, I know. Well, you know, big places I've worked for before have had that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I would imagine. Yeah. But, but yeah, sixty days to find your position or get out. <laughs> so I can't imagine Google being like that somehow. Um, and funnily enough, in this particular article, they said recently the company launched a second zone for its bare metal service in Australia in a bid to help more partners and customers run specialised workloads. Uh, yeah, I don't know why they've mentioned that in this article, but that is what I'm involved with at the moment, which is quite exciting stuff. Mm. Um, yeah, and I'll, I'll be telling more about that as the, as, uh, the weeks progress. Yeah, so a bit of a shake-up. Um, Funnily enough, there I have seen in my LinkedIn feed a few Google jobs, uh, customer engineer roles actually come up. So they are hiring and there are positions available. It's just they've decided in these certain areas, now we don't want to get involved with that anymore. All right. Well, look, we might get onto the big news. Um, and the big news has been that Google has acquired cybersecurity firm Mandanet for $5.4 billion. What can you tell us about it, Ida? Yeah, it's definitely uh, a giant chunk of change. Um, so it's the second largest um, Google acquisition after Motorola, which was a huge drive for Google to kind of you know, get Android out in the world. Um, so, yeah, I think it, obviously there that's... That's the equivalent of all the revenue for an entire quarter, the last quarter for Google Cloud, not just not profit, because I think they lost $100 million, but that's that's huge. So um, the interesting thing around the story is that Microsoft was looking or interested in buying Mandiant because I think 25% of their customer base or Mandiant's customer base are Microsoft, I think even Azure customers. I need to double check that. But, um, Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting that Google has come in and snapped them up for a much higher price than I think what Microsoft were willing to pay. Um, so I think their share price was $15 a share in January, and Google bought them for 24 hmm. around about $24. Um, so that's, yeah, it's a huge um, uh, part of Google Cloud now, if, if they're going to be integrating it. Um, I think Mandiant themselves have around a billion dollars worth of revenue already. So it's not like a, um, they're not a small, small company. They're not a small fry. Yeah. What does it actually mean for Google and Google Cloud now? So I think it's a, the customers that Mandiant does, because Mandiant's business is in cybersecurity response. So 
people were getting hit by malware, like solar winds. They were the mm. um, critical responders in that kind of hack. And the customers that use them, basically, they're very, I'd say, very, you know, they run their own shop. And they, having a kind of a doorway from, in, from Mendiant into those customers, into Google Cloud, and then that, that to me would be why they're buying them. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of I guess synergies <laughs> you could say between what what Google I guess can provide as a to cybersecurity companies, particularly like Mandiant, where they you know Google runs its own fiber optic network around the world. They you know eighty percent of internet users use Chrome, so there's a lot of data that Google has on yeah general internet usage. Um, yeah, yeah, and we 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 reported. Uh, recently on uh, Simplify as well. That's the mm. saw orchestrator that they bought. So I, I think I can see this. They're going to include this into some all-knowing, all all-seeing security offering. Um, I mean, we've already got Security Command Center, right? So um, it could potentially enhance that. Could it potentially appear in there, right? Yeah, I know that. In I think it's August last year, Google had this press release out saying that they're going to, over the next five years they're going to spend ten billion dollars investing in cybersecurity, mm. um, and so they've already spent you know six billion well, that's, of that ten billion. That's fine, nearly nearly six billion. Yeah, <laughs> two yeah. acquisitions. Yeah. So um, yeah, they're they're well on their way. They're probably you know maybe they'll get there by the end of the year. Um, yeah. Which. It's just definitely, you know, security is a, like, well, I'd probably say the number one key thing that's stopping people from moving to the cloud. The cloud so people yeah. think, oh, you know, that's not secure. Not that's secure, yeah. You have to run it locally. But then you, you say, oh, you're, my cloud is being run by Mandiant. It's like, well, yeah, no, you can't really compete with that probably. Yeah, true. Well, well the I just wanted to call out a couple of claims of fame that Mandiant have here. Just on that, uh, 2013, Mandiant made headlines for exposing APT1's enterprise-scale computer espionage campaign. The report carried evidence linking APT1 to China's PLA and the timeline for details of over 40 APT1 malware families. Um, in 2020, uh, FireEye, uh, which was acquired by Mandiant in 2013, discovered a supply chain attack, trojanizing SolarWinds, that's the one you mentioned, uh, business software updates to distribute malware. So, yeah, they, uh, it was actually embedded in the SolarWinds origin uh, business software package. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're big hitters in the uh, security space. And uh, is that going to translate now? Like, a, you know, you, you can bet both of those claim to fame it's probably come down to one individual that discovered something. Um, and you know what's happening behind closed doors with those individuals? Are they now going to come and work for Google, or are they going to leave, or what's going to happen? So I don't know if past performance is is a judgment what of what future performance um, will be. But yeah, certainly got a name that's for sure. Yeah, and I I think they've I mean they were they've been acquired before and then haven't really changed much as far as i can tell um mm. since they bought, got bought by FireEye, and then um yeah and and from the the stuff i've read then yeah they, they don't really they just keep doing what they're doing <laughs> they've been yeah. around since 2006 so yeah. yeah 
Uh, just take another quote from the article here. Mandiant will reinforce Google Cloud's security office offering across cloud and on-premise environments. GCP offers capabilities such as Beyond Corp Enterprise for zero trust and virus total to deal with malicious content and software vulnerabilities. Um, Chronicles Planet Scale Security and Linux and Automatic, along with services such as Security Command Center to help organizations detect and avert cyber threats. Uh, and they will also uh, have their action team, which we talked about before, which will offer advisory services. So it really sounds like they're going for a all, com you know, a complete security solution across. Um, yeah, it's going to be everything. how well they pull off their integration mm. into Google Cloud, and like particularly with th th things like Seamlify. Um, they've got a lot of moving parts that you you really want to have working well together. All right, well, we'll keep across that and we'll report on what's happening with that as it develops. Um, another little bit of news for uh, Asia Pack is that Databricks. Uh, Databricks is now available in uh, Southeast Asia. Um, so I, I, I've worked with Databricks a little bit. I did a bit of a setup and um, build out some Databricks infrastructure. Um, if you've not used Databricks, you probably should know it's a data processing, data lake scientific uh, data processing tool that, you know, you can have data processing via notebooks and um, some Python code and whatever, whatever, whatever else you need. But it leverages a Kubernetes cluster in GCP. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it allows you to do a bunch of stuff in there. That's now available in Southeast Asia region. Um, Databricks on Google Cloud provides a lake house for our data engineers, data scientists, and analysts to consolidate, collaborate, analyze, and use all of our global data, experiment, and innovate quickly. Uh, Databricks on Google Cloud is intimately linked with Google, with Google Kubernetes, uh, Google BigQuery, Looker, Google Cloud Storage, PubSub, allowing users to choose their own data analytics services. Yeah, I've never used Databricks, but I've heard lots of good things about it. <laughs> yeah, pretty cool tool. Um, good to see it expanding in our area, and I, I only mention it because it is in our area, and I think uh, I'm, uh, you know, Kasner is going to get more and more heavily involved with this as as it develops. I just wanted to finish off the show uh, with this last little article. It's um, very interesting read uh, on ZNet by an author by the name of Joe McKendrick. Um, Joe has written an article uh, called Rush to Cloud Computing has Outpaced Organizations' Ability to Adapt. Joe goes on to say, are we getting ahead of our abilities in the headlong rush to cloud? Moving to cloud doesn't mean the headaches of technology management are also being handed over to third-party provider. If anything, the rapid push to cloud may be getting ahead of organizations' ability to keep up. Um, and you know what? I do tend to agree with this. Um, a lot of clients that we're seeing, I just they don't they don't have they don't know Terraform. They they uh, you know they they're trying to manage cloud like um, legacy like you would with legacy infrastructure. Yeah, it's see that a bit where just how quickly stuff changes in cloud. When companies already moved into into cloud, they can't really just handle the pace of how quickly things change. So. So, for example, 
um, some service will be updated or all of a sudden um, something you were using is just, you know, now deprecated. But the, the cycles are much shorter. They're like, um, this thing will be supported, this version will be supported. Say for GKE, uh, like 1.19 or whatever came out six months ago, yeah, it's not supported. And then Google will be like, I'm just going to auto um, or upgrade or just yeah. basically it'll break. You're out of support. Sorry. Um, yep. Whereas yep, absolutely. That, that wouldn't happen if you're running an IBM run data center, right? They'd just sit on the same version for five years and so it's, they just it might even might even not get patched, right? Just sit yeah, there yeah. and run. <laughs> uh, they just they'll just say, Oh, you know, now it's into you like now you pay us double for support. Yeah, and that's right. Yeah. Um so they go on to talk about a survey of three hundred IT executives by Harvard Business Review, um, underwritten by Splunk, which finds while at this moment, most organizations still have most of their technology systems in-house, but get ready to start bidding farewell to uh, on-premises IT, things are going to shift dramatically. And with the next two years, most enterprises will be mainly running off the cloud. Uh, over the past six years, 67% say their organization accelerated the adoption or implementation of already planned cloud application services or infrastructure an increase from 56% who said the organisations had done this as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic in the prior year's survey. So that's interesting that uh, the pandemic is having an impact on this, what we're seeing. And, you know, GCVE, and I mentioned it again, VMware and cloud, um, that, that, that's, that's such an enabler. That, that just enables people that are running on-prem VM, of which there's umpteen countless installations of mm. and literally just pick it up and move it into Google Cloud. Right? And that's, is that easy, that's, though? Yeah. Yeah. That, so I, I won't get into the weeds now, but uh, you, you can do uh, an extended layer two network and uh, the thing called HTX Migrator, and it allows you to easily just migrate from on-prem into GCVE into, into, into VMware Engine. And as long as you've got the routing set up and all the stuff sort of pre-ready to go, it's just move from one spot to the other. It's a hot migration. And then, and then once you're in there, you do a, you've just got to move some IPs and, and cut off the connection and, and you're away. So that kind of a thing is, um, we talked about the strangler pattern in the show before, that, that's, that's an entry point, right? Once they're in, then they can start applying your strangler pattern and dissecting what they have. Um, cloud will just keep accelerating the survey shows. The majority, 65%, predict that more than 60% of their IT portfolio will reside in the cloud within two years. This represents a 30% point jump from today, a total of 85% that at least 40%, okay, a lot of numbers going on here, will be in the cloud by 2023 a similar 32% points higher than those reporting that much is in the cloud today. So what they're saying in this article, in the next two years, we're going to see a rapid acceleration of movement into the cloud. There's definitely, uh, from the, um, you know, just looking at recruiters on LinkedIn, there's so much demand for people getting, you know, DevOps and cloud, cloud engineering. It's crazy. Yeah, that's right. And it's going to be more. It's going to be more. 
in the unprecedented, unprecedented 2021-22 push to cloud, the dearth of talent to manage hybrid environments became the number one hot button issue. Here are the top issues that have arisen. Okay, lack of talent required to manage the cloud. Lack of talent. So people can't find people. That's 45%, right? Increased cybersecurity or data privacy concerns, 44% are concerned about that. And, I mean, those two items there, we talk about those two every single show, right? There's, uh, you know, jobs, uh, people migrating to to the cloud can't find people, and security. There's constantly articles coming up about those. Yeah, I mean, if you think about the, you know, mandiant purchase and that. Absolutely, yeah. Yep. They're the number two things, right? Uh, number three on this list, difficulty integrating cloud services or data, right? So you've got your old legacy infra and you've got your cloud. How do we get the two talking? Yeah, yeah, right? it's quite it's so weird because, you know, looking at how you know, Google interconnects work versus AWS and Azure, it's so much easier to use GCP, but no one ever does. It's just because the first thing people pick up is, you know, AWS usually and then once that's set up, they'll try and do something, use that initial connection for everything else. But crazy. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking about this now. I'm thinking, well, we just put a put a cloud VPN, right? Just land you straight on the VPC, bang, you, 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 you're interoperating, right? You move your SQL databases into cloud SQL. What's so difficult about that? And you're right, they're probably yeah. tainted by the other cloud vendors, right? Not, not making it that easy. Yeah, yeah, but even the, you know, VPN is like, over the internet, and everyone's like, wow, that's terrible. Can't do that. Well, because it's so jittery and latency, but, you know, or you fork well, out you need HA, lots HA of zeros. VPN, right? <laughs> for, for an interconnect, yeah, <laughs> if you want to fork out lots of zeros. Well, your HAVPN, that's the preferred yeah. product now, right? Um, and it doesn't have to be jittery, right? You've got the right gear, you've got the right internet service provider. Yeah. It should be, should be a business-grade business, business grade service. You should be right. Uh, number four on this list. Lack of end-to-end visibility across the technology environment in cloud and on-premises, 31%. Lack of end-to-end visibility. Hmm. So how do you take that? Yeah, I guess there is, there's not one thing you can buy that says, oh, I've got stuff in AWS and Azure and on-prem in some weird place. Can you give me a dashboard that shows me, shows me everything that's going on? That doesn't exist. Yeah, it <laughs> doesn't exist. No, it doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah, you've got to homebrew that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and you've got to put, you know, the right tool in for the right job and it'll just do that thing. Um, increased cost, 24%. Yeah, have they tried to extend their contract with data, prim- <laughs> data center? Oh, yeah. Uh, managed yeah. service providers? Yeah. And I guess the other thing is when you're in that, transition phase when you're migrating from on-prem to cloud they, yeah there's going to be an increased cost well, i guess if, if you think about the you know hybrid environments then like you do have that extra interconnect and then the data transfer or if you're syncing stuff and there's a whole bunch of added yep. things that you don't yep. usually yep. come and bite you after you've <laughs> kind of uh, after you've, after you've you committed yeah yeah look i I think we mentioned this on the show last last week, but 
in my way of thinking, a hybrid environment is just a means to an end. It's a stepping stone. It, you really you should be trying to get off hybrid environments as quickly as possible. Um, but, you know, companies have got other things to consider, security, obviously, and talent and, and those things to consider before they make the full jump. But um, hybrid just introduces all these headaches, as we're discussing here. Um, and the last thing on the list here, making rushed choices that create more work later on. Technical debt, 23%. Yep. So, uh, you know, that might be something like not laying out your GCP foundation properly. I've never heard of te- technical debt. What's that? <laughs> um, that's, uh, yeah, you, you want to get it right. And that's just comes from experience, I guess. Everything has it. I mean, if you want to do something a bit quicker than five years. <laughs> so, but I mean, usually, you know, if you take your time, then all the work that you've done is going to be out of date anyway. So it's kind of, I don't know, sometimes you've, depends on much, how much money you've got to throw at something. Yeah, yeah. And going back to what we were saying before, you, you might make a decision now, and by the time you implement it, that product or service or whatever you built it on may, may not be a thing anymore. Mm. It's like, oh, we don't do it that way now. You know, we do it, or oh, that's upgraded to some version, that newer version, and it doesn't support A, B, and C. Um, yeah, but it took us five years to migrate. Well, should have done it a bit quicker. <laughs> yeah. And then the article ends off again. Many of these issues will fall to IT teams to address and cannot be effectively outsourced to cloud providers. Yeah. You've still got to do it, the work. Right. Still got to own it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But there's that massive gap in talent there. You've got to own it, but there's no one who really knows what they're doing. Well, there is, but there's not enough. If you know how to spell it, you get the job. <laughs> That's how it works, right? Spelled. PowerShell. No. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know what that is. Um, yeah, I did, this problem is not going away and it's not going to get any better. It's just, just the, the way the landscape is at the moment. If, um, you know, if someone puts their hand up and says they can do something, then, then I think, uh, you know, yeah. they, they, they're willing to get in there and do it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's where it is at the moment. It'll be very difficult to find people with exactly the skills that you need, um, given your particular environment. Yep. All right, we might leave it there for this fortnight. Um, I guess it's a little bit of a shorter show, but that's fine. We we did have a, um, a special plan for this week, but we've, we've had to pull that, put that off. We'll probably bring that to you in the next couple of weeks. We're going to say farewell to Ida being the last show. How do you feel about that, mate? Uh, yeah, but a bit sad. <laughs> It's been, yeah, it's been super interesting um, having a chat. Um, yeah, I guess there's, there'll be a lot of interesting things in the next wee while, and if you want to have me back on as a special guest. <laughs> yeah, well, we could do that once you've, once you've been better in your... In, like, yeah, six months once you've been there, you can tell us what it's all about. I'm back at kissing. Uh, I'm like, <laughs> didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> could, wouldn't be the first time that's happened with someone. <laughs> no. Uh, of course, don't forget to check out Kazna Between Two Clouds, our sister YouTube channel. 
Uh, and you can contact us, uh, gcplife at kasna.com.au. We've also got a Twitter there, at gcplife. And you can check out our website, which is kasna.com.au slash gcplife. Uh, don't forget to write us a review on iTunes. That will really help the show out. And, of course, today's show was sponsored by Kasna. Uh, I'm your host, Stephen Bancroft, and that has been your co-host, Ida Bailey. Uh, we'll see you later and catch you later, Ida. Catch you later. Awesome. All right, that's it. We're done. Cool. We're done. Uh, great. I I get to, the- now I get to listen to it without having to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> you, you will keep listening, won't oh, you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Cool.